This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. What's up? What a night. We're all feeling pretty good today, aren't we? Feeling your oats after getting a victory in a tough place to get a win. And, uh, hey, I'm in studio with the guys today. Hi, Matt. Hey, hey. How you doing right there? Hey, man. You look good today, Phil. You, you feel okay? Yeah, yeah. You sure you look, about that? You look all right, man. Christian, same to you. Yeah, doing all right? The microphone helps. You know, you're allowed to talk. In the doing mic. great, man. Good. I owe you an apology from yesterday. I'll get that. Why's that? Because I said you looked like somebody that can't play center field. <laughs> yeah, it hurt my feelings a little bit, but I, well, I, I I I can't blame you right now. I don't. Backs don't I'm care about sh- your feelings. That's right. I'm out of shape, and I, there's no other way to put it. But m- back in the day, a little bit, you know, when I was about 18, 17, I could I was in well, shape. What was y'all's mascot? Hamburg Lions. The Hamburg Lions. Y'all got to, y'all went in eight. Huh? Got to go feast. Yeah, yeah. We lost Arkadelphia. Uh, one game away from Baum Stadium, it still hurts, but it was a good year. I just want, I just wanted to get the apology out of the way as early as I possibly could because I spent yesterday in a fog after the show. I kind of like denigrated uh, the way you and you look fine. That's the other thing about it. I've only seen you a couple of times. Maybe you could get out there and play some center field now. Now that I'm actually in the studio with you, I think you could. So, and Matt, you look better than some people. Um, in it's, the building, it's, apparently, it's, think you it's, do. It's my shirt. And I threw my. I threw my. I, I don't look good in blue. It's okay. it's a it's it's a bad deal. Nobody looks good in blue after last night. I'm hanging out at no 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 kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Those wearing red yesterday with slobbering hogs looked a heck of a lot better. What a game, man! What a game. Yeah, I mean, it re- if Maddie was here, we would say it was the tale of two halves. I thought. Like, you and I are texting before the game. You're like, this is going to be tight. This is going to be a really Battle. good game. It's yeah. going to go down to the last minute. It's going to be decided by three. And whoever's able to make the last couple of plays is going to win it. Like, it might be, like, the first half, there was, what, nine lead changes, and you kept thinking maybe that would go on to the second half, to your point, and then we kind of just ran away and, and hid. We kind of got a little cushion, and, and you kept thinking Kentucky would make a run, make a little 8-0 run. I was waiting so, for it. Yeah. I was yeah. waiting for it. Never happened. Anthony Black just controlling on both ends. Well, I mean, talk about improving your drafts. I mean, that that game right there, he's gone. I mean, he's a top tenner now. Best player on the court yesterday, right? Absolutely. 19 points. He did turn it over a few times, but, I mean, you steal it five times, five assists, defend as well as he did. And really, the two steals at the start of the second half is when I started to think that, to myself, maybe – Maybe it's not going to be as back and forth as it was in the first twenty minutes. It was like it's like you, you you get the ball first to start the second half and and you do something good, make it make a run for twenty yards, then you throw a pick six or something. You know, it's it's like they they came out and and did not make the proper adjustments. And and I loved what Coach Mus did uh, in that second half defense. That little double trap he had at the top of the key, uh, man. Because that number 22, I know you got the the sheet right there, but that dude could go. And so you kind of had to tr- try to take the ball out of his hands, and that's what they were able to do. Uh, you're, you're referring to uh, Cason Wallace. Yeah. yeah he yeah. pretty much kept Kentucky in the game for a good long while. 
elicited a few G's from uh, me and the guys I was watching the game with last night. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, geez, how easy was it for Arkansas to score in at the rim? Or in the, not just in the paint, but at the rim. I mean, there's some high-flying stuff. Um, but not even that, just the ability to get into the rim. I mean, with players that I didn't expect to see, um, Mikel Mitchell be the best big guy on the court yesterday. Man. I did not expect to see that. I mean, I, I've been on record in the last couple of weeks not expecting to see you remember how Trey Wade at a couple of those games last year, 20 or 22, in a couple of games, where did this come from? Uh, I did not expect to see that kind of game from Mikel Mitchell. I might have expected to see the rebounds, the block, five blocks. My gosh, he was he owned the paint. He owned the rim. Man, that's wild, right? 15 and 5, and the other one had 9. Uh, that Getting there on the aggregate, I mean, that's, uh, that's it. And then Jordan Walsh, efficient game. That second foul he picked up was so lazy, but that's just a young – we've all done it. If you played basketball and you're on your guy and you don't slide over an extra little bit and then you just slap at the ball and the ref – the ref blows the whistle 99% of the time anyways. Uh, so we, we've all, if you played basketball, we've all done that move. You're not, you're not blaming the kid. It's just one of those things that he's got to get smarter about. And those, those easy ticky tacky fouls that are just like, they're no need for the, his aggressive fouls are fine, but that, that foul is just, you weren't sliding your feet over. You weren't playing help defense. You were being let and you just kind of got caught. Remember I asked yesterday, you know, to get a road win in a place like Rub, even if it's not like one of these Kentucky teams, that's got, you know, Final Four or Elite Eight written all over them. And I don't mean, you know, who knows if they can get there or anything. I mean like a top two seed like you're used to seeing Kentucky. But I asked if you needed a little extra from a couple of players there you don't usually get a certain kind of a performance. Jordan Walsh, I love him coming off the bench. Efficient, yeah. Love him coming off the bench. Efficient on a couple of dunks, you bring but your- also a couple, of jump- a couple of jumpers. I mean, he hits that three. Near the end of the, that was one of those moments. Remember, he hits a three as the shot clock is winding down. You're like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is a game. Maybe this is Arkansas's game today. You you got that kind of game from Walsh. I want, I hope to see that kind of scoring consistency off the bench. But Mikel Mitchell was the guy that gave you all that and more. I mean, you, you. I don't know if it's the start he of like the a, game ball. I mean, you, yeah. you, Anthony Black, obviously, but for what, what you're talking about and who we had to stop and for what he did, uh, Sheway, what had seven points and seven boards. Mikhail looked like the better prospect. I mean, yeah. he, that's he the was, other aspect that we can mention that we can mention any player from Arkansas stats. What about the last year's national player of the year? Who also had like, what was it? He looked pedestrian. And, he did. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't really get many opportunities on the inside. Arkansas was able to Banging. keep him they from getting him. the ball with position. His first couple of buckets, Matt, were like a little jumper footers. off of the alpha inbounds play, running a little jumper for him. Yeah, that that would be a problem. Like if they can't get Sheebway any good looks, unless it's sideline inbounds, eighteen footer. He made him. That's a feel. That's a great. We made him work for everything. It wasn't easy. He, he's not going to want to play Arkansas anytime soon. We we made him work for everything. He get, he didn't get anything easy. And that's man, you love seeing that out of a coach must coach team. I don't know. Maybe I'm start. Are you starting to believe a little bit more now? I mean, we've talked about you got to get on a run. You need to go get on a run. Well, they're on a run now, and this is the kind of win that I mean, this is a win that punctuates the season. This is the best win, the best so, win far. so far, no question. But in order to get on a run, you've got to get road wins. You got to beat teams that are also fighting for position on the bubble, you know, or are already secure 
uh, in, in, in the tournament. I mean, Arkansas, that's not what South Carolina is. They're not a tournament team. The last couple of SEC teams the Hogs had played uh, before that, LSU and Ole Miss, not tournament teams. You know, maybe not playing out the string necessarily at this point. They're giving effort, but they don't have a lot to play for. Um, Baylor has a lot to play for, and they gave great effort in that ball game. They were a possession away, just like Musk said, one of those few losses where they've been a possession away from getting a big road win. You know, a win at Kentucky, that means you're on a roll. That means you're on a roll. And you just got to keep it going against another team that's got a lot to play for in Mississippi State on Saturday, which, uh, honestly, I can't see Arkansas losing that ball game because, A, they're playing well, they're winning games, and the crowd's going to show up for an afternoon game on a Saturday, Saturday yeah. and it's just going to be raucous. So I'd expect, yeah, yeah, they are on a roll. Mississippi State's going to need to win that game. It's, it's going to be a game where we can't have any letdowns, uh, and and I think it's a game where we got we got up for it. We were up for it the whole time. We were ready to to fight the entire round, the, all, all ten rounds. Where Mississippi State, hopefully, as as young kids do, sometimes you play to the level of your competition. So hopefully, if we come out there focused at home, there's no reason Mississippi State should beat us, especially if we're healthy. And and our three guards led the way: Council, Devo, and Black. Those are our three guys we got to go to battle with. They're going to be the guys that take us there, take us wherever we're going to go this year. We get we got to ride those horses. And then if you get anything out of those Mitchell brothers and Jordan Walls, I mean. They, they, there's no there's no doubt in my mind they get the right matchup. They could be a Sweet 16 team again. Well, they play like they did last night. And I mean, for the full 40 minutes, that was a great performance from the opening tip. Best uh, game of the season. Until, until Ricky Council dribbled out the last few seconds. When and I kept shouting at the TV at that point, no, don't go for the dunk. Let's just dribble this thing out. That was and a veteran did. move. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, all right. You know, you're, you're a... I, yeah, I mean, Ricky Council, that one that, man, he's still so explosive. That dude... Uh, I, man, he he. They, I know they called a foul and it didn't count or whatever. But man, he is his hops. It's like his spring is so much faster than everybody. Like once he decides that he's going to take off, he takes off. Well, uh, you know, if there are any detractors going into yesterday's game, you got to be impressed with what you saw. The only thing is, like, let's not let that be the high point. You right. know, like it is the best win of the season. Build on it. <clears throat> Let's not. Tr- it can't be the apex of the season. You got to keep playing at this level and keep it going. Because in a month, you'll find out where you're playing in the big uh, in March Madness. All right, it's a it's a wet Wednesday out there. On my drive to the studios this morning, I saw no fewer than five vehicles that were in the median. I mean, it was the big grass strip median on Interstate 40. In fact, I saw one vehicle a tenth of a mile ahead of me while I was driving spin out mm. on the highway. And uh, hopefully everything was safe. I think it looked like they were okay. But, I mean, it's frightening out there because it's not going to stop raining almost the entire day. So uh, dial it down a little bit. Pass on the left only. And everybody keep it tuned right out. here. We'll just keep you entertained and copacetic. Everybody chill out. Man, just a smile on your face today. I... We, we were talking, and we and I've been saying they're going to go on a run, but, man, the way they went in there and beat Kentucky, you can't be happy to, to kind of stick your chest out a little bit as a Razorback fan. Well, you, you're going to have plenty of chances to uh, stick your chest out throughout the show today. Uh, we have uh, Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation at 12.15, and Grant Hall coming up in just a moment. Now we just got to get the women's team to make it two in a row tomorrow night in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't know if you said if you were watching the game last night. You saw the ad. ESPN ran 
uh, of uh, Michaela Daniels' buzzer, buzzer beater. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, they're headed out. They got to fly out of XNA today because it is some pretty nasty weather. It's not the day to be flying out of the little strip at Drake. All right, stay with us. We'll be talking with Grant Hall after the break. Of course, we'll get into the LeBron breaking the NBA scoring title. And lots of Arkansas basketball to get to today, plus your calls and texts. It's nasty outside, but it's great to be with you today on Halftime. Stop by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith at 9390 Rogers Avenue and check out their full selection of Tommy Bahama spirits. Get whisked away to Island Paradise with excellence you can taste. Eastside Liquor carries Tommy Bahama Island Gin, Rye Whiskey, Bourbon Whiskey, Rum, and Tommy Bahama Vodkas, Mango, Cucumber, and Neutral. Get by Eastside Liquor today and try the multiple award-winning Tommy Bahama spirits. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe to receive your rewards that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast. Around this time on Wednesdays, we get a chance to talk with Grant Hall here on Halftime. And after a win over Kentucky, it's all smiles for everybody right now, Grant. That was a lot of fun to watch last night, was it not? Yeah, I, th- I thought the first 20 minutes was about as good a college basketball as I've seen all year from anybody. And then, uh, you know, Kentucky didn't quite do its part in the second half, but Arkansas did. And what was it, uh, 18 out of 25 from the field? I was reading that that was the, I think it was the best shooting performance since 07 or something like that by Arkansas. And they made their free throws and, it was just a great night. I I was really surprised on the on the three day turnaround and the road to road combination, uh, but they, uh, they they were amazing last night. What do you think of the Mitchell twins just stepping up? How I mean, I'm impressed with them. What's your, what's your thoughts on the way they've been playing the last few games? Yeah, especially Mikel. You know, who is what is he blocked twelve shots? Yeah, he had five last night. Yeah. And two or three in close order there. It was the kind of game that, you know, that plus, um, well, and of course, uh, his brother had nine rebounds. So that was pretty good, too. But the, the two steals by Black early in the second half, that was almost like a statement. In fact, the whole game, Matt, uh, other than when Arkansas first went in the league and beat Kentucky 105-88 to in 1992, uh, that's about the only other time I can remember Arkansas doing that to Kentucky at their place or really anywhere. I mean, can you, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're used to, if you beat Kentucky, it's by a few points. I, I played yeah. once against Kentucky at Kentucky and yeah, I'm pretty sure we didn't, uh, we didn't come out on the winning side. Anthony Black's making himself a lot of money. He's clear. He was the best player on the floor. I was talking to Phil earlier and 
I've, I've seen all but just about a half so far SEC play. I haven't seen a better player on any of these other teams than Anthony. There might be a guy that can shoot better. There might be a guy that's 6'9". There might be a guy that can... But as far as a basketball player, I have not seen a better basketball player in the SEC than Anthony Black. That one pass he made right back uh, underneath for a, just amazingly quick reactions. and He's doing this a little bit banged up, too. Uh, in fact, one of the stoppages last night probably benefited him a little bit. He he did he left the game for a whole minute and something I think instead of his usual forty minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Grant, I've never seen anybody go through three pairs of shoes in a game. Maybe it's happened, and I just those red ones he had to get. Those are ugly, though. I understand that was <laughs> aesthetics. That was only aesthetic. Yeah, that was, where did he go? Only. Was it white? To black, to red. to red. No, it's red. red and he cut yeah. those off real quick to okay. black because those red, those red ones were ugly. And I'm a, and I'm a Razorback guy, but they don't don't wear those, Anthony. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to have that many shoes on hand. Unlike the days when uh, Ricky Norton had a blowout one night, and and Eddie Sutton called uh, Jimmy Dykes over next to him, and Dykes got all excited, you know, and he said, "Jimmy, what size shoe do you wear?" Exactly. <laughs> well, Graham, Graham lost a shoe yesterday. What's up with the shoes? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, they, but you know, speaking of shoes and, and heels and everything, and I, at the end of the game last night, I'm, I'm assuming both you guys watched the LeBron James stuff. Um, yeah, I've seen a little talked. bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he sat out the last number of seconds and was kind of, you know, there was, maybe there was some issue with his ankle. I don't know, but uh, that didn't come up in the post game. I mean, it was an amazing scene. It, it was a great uh, that he did it when he did it. He, you know, he had said he did not want to break the record with a free throw. Uh, he made a nice fall away jump shot with the captain there, and a, and the ceremony was nice. But I, I was kind of surprised by the length of the ceremony in the game. And of course, we've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> Somebody scores more points than. Uh, we probably won't see it again, you know, in our probably lifetime. Won't. I mean, to you have know. that longevity and play, I mean, uh, and he's going to play another three years. Like, I mean, uh, oh, he's, he's yeah. going to score five, six thousand more right. points, you would think, or, you know, until he can play with his sons or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was, but I thought it was in, in the whole uh, aftermath, you know, the Lakers lost the game by three points. And Beverly hit a three-pointer at the buzzer. And, of course, you had Isaiah Joe playing well and Williams on Oklahoma City. It's nice that they got to be part of it. And, and they won the game. But in the whole uh, time afterwards, there was not one mention of the Lakers losing the game. No one, <laughs> no one asked LeBron about it. And they're not exactly in great shape. They're not you know, a threat this the year. Playoffs. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not a, I don't think they're going to do anything. They played a little, like, a little better in the last couple of months, but... Uh, it's been, Anthony Davis was kind of he MIA was sitting down. That looked that yeah. looked a little odd. He's not he's not feeling the love, Kyrie style. Maybe he might want out. Yeah. Well, I mean, LeBron yeah. can still get all the glory when the team is no good, uh, but the rest of the players don't get any of that glory. There is a little bit of that, you know, where the quarterback always takes the law. You know, you kind of get the too much blame and too much credit. LeBron really doesn't get a lot of blame. I don't think. You know, it's his teammates that get the blame. And one of those uh, statements, quick things he said afterwards, I thought he alluded to where he might be playing in the future. You know, it wasn't exactly like he, a full endorsement of of finishing his career with the Lakers. Although, uh, 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did say that he thought he was under contract to continue. I think, he's, I think he's going to end up finishing his career with whoever his son ends up. Signing. Whoever says they'll give him yeah. 1% of ownership, you know, come finish your career and, and, and we'll give you a part ownership of the team. And I mean, that's what he wants. That's I guess that's thing. also like an if. I don't know. Maybe there's no guarantee that Bronny gets, you know, right into the NBA. If if, if LeBron James is an owner, he'll get a 10-day. He'll, he'll get a 10-day. It's kind of like uh, Gordy Howe uh, played with us. Yeah, you know, yeah. Marty with they'll a figure it out. Arrow. Yeah, yeah, but they were they were good. They were some good players. It's like the Griffies. <laughs> I think Ken, the, Ken Senior could still hit a little bit by the time he retired. I don't know if I. That's the, about the coolest thing. Both of them going back to back jacks in a, in a major league game. Well, it's also so. There's there's a great trivia question. You probably know the answer to this, uh, Grant. Um, what brother combination hit the most homers in Major League Baseball history? The cons- oh. uh, the Aaron's right. It's the Aaron's. That's oh, right. Hank, Hank hit seven hundred fifty-five. Yeah. Tommy hit like fourteen. I didn't know his brother <laughs> played. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, you, uh, speaking of like records and the ceremonies and all of that, I, I remember. I remember a little of of Bonds. You know when he broke Aaron's record, and you had um, you know Hank had the message on the video board and all that. But that that was so controversial because of obvious reasons and the steroids. The one that stands out to me is when Ricky Henderson broke the stolen base record. You remember that? He stole third to win it. To stole right? third, yeah, yeah. pulled out the bag, raised it to the sky, and announced into a microphone. You remember this, Grant? I, I couldn't believe he pulled the base up. You Do you know? remember what he said? I don't remember. No. He said, Lou Brock was a great base dealer, but today I am the greatest of all time. And we should we just <laughs> should have been impressed that Ricky actually referred to himself as I instead of Ricky. Instead of Ricky, yeah, yeah. That's exactly Yeah, right. well, I, you know, I obviously was parcel to Lou Brock, and uh, I actually saw Brock uh, go for the hit for the cycle one night in St. Louis, and the reason he hit for the cycle was he was thrown at, on a, an inside-the-park attempt. He was about halfway to home, and, and Bern Benson, the third base coach, stopped him, and he went back and was thrown out at third. You know? So that was his triple in, in the cycle. That's funny. Some of those moments get weird, too. Like, George Brett, 3,000th base hit, was then followed by him being picked off of first base. Oh, Your man. Your shoes are untied. How are you going to steal 100 <laughs> bases? Yeah. You know what? Didn't, uh, I think Wong got picked off first the end of the season for the Cardinals a few years, some years back. That was the end of the – like got picked off first base, and that was the game. That's right. That's, yeah, I think I remember that one, too. Uh, Grant, we, we got into this yesterday about these records. And so so often the records lead to conversations about or arguments who the greatest of all time is and, you know, top five and all that kind of stuff. And so much of it is colored by, I think, the era that you grew up in. Yeah. Uh, you know, so for me and Matt, it's like it's all MJ because he, he was MJ. He was like God. To I, kids LeBron, at our age then. LeBron's on the team, though. Like yeah. I'm going MJ on my starting five, as, as, but LeBron's in my starting five. But yeah. Grant, there's other people that still talk about Wilt, or or will bring up Magic, or will say Bill, Bill Russell. Russell yeah. You know, I mean, so you know, where do you well, come you, in? You, well, when you speak about eras, Eddie Sutton told me one time that he said it, it was not arguable that Bill. Of course, this was before these other beasts, but Bill Russell was the greatest because he won 11 titles in 13 years. Uh, you know, Wilt won two or something in in the same era. Heck, he won and one as I a player see, coach. Not just yeah, <laughs> and and Michael won six. I think LeBron's only got three, right? Three in twenty years. 
Is that, am I right about well, that? Well, LeBron has uh, two in Miami, one the bubble in L.A., one in Cleveland. So he has four. Yeah. Well, yeah, four. Yeah. Okay. I, I, sorry, LeBron, I shortchanged you one. <laughs> but, well, uh, the bubble one has that asterisk by it. I mean, that hey, that 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 comeback against the Golden State Warrior team that won seventy three games, man. I don't. That's the that's amazing. Just so, if if that was the only one he won, that would be enough. I mean, that they there, he had no business. Winning that one, although they shouldn't have lost to the Mavericks when when they did that first one. Grant, you notice with this conversation, like when it like so with football, we all are RA, so it's it's Tom Brady, and you point to all these records, and you can point to the Super Bowls. People did the same thing with Montana. People did the same thing with Jerry Rice. I don't we don't like bring that up too often with baseball because I still I'll go to my grave and be like I don't know if I ever saw anybody any better than Barry Bonds. He never won a World Series. Right now, I don't know if there's anybody been better than Mike Trout in the last twelve years. I don't think he's won a playoff game. You know, I mean, Ted Williams never won a World Series. You know, you, you could say greatest hitter of all time. It's like baseball. Maybe a it's sp- harder because of the number of players on the team. You know, so many more players you have to like in basketball. You get four other guys and you can. I mean, well, one guy can take all the shots. One guy doesn't get to take all the hits in baseball. Yeah. Jordan uh, scored what, 32,000 plus to me. He, he's the greatest ever. It's funny, though. Guy, I was thinking like that. Like, Probably we've not seen the greatest player yet because uh, I don't think Jordan or LeBron James were as good as shooters as say I mean Seth Steph Curry for gosh sake or you know you name a lot of great shooters. LeBron's not so, a great shooter. No, he had to no, work on it. Yeah, he he's he, made himself yeah. a pretty, <laughs> but he's not shooter. great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I well, bet that yeah, that debate can go on forever. I see, but and, and we talked a little bit about this too. The errors. Well, if Larry Bird was in today's game, he would have today's uh, treatment and today's uh, psychologicals. I mean, all the all the coaching and all the stuff. He would be better. He would be better now. Larry Bird would have been able to use cryotherapy for that and back, he, which basically instead of Bud Light, right? Yeah. And then he <laughs> right. would be he he would be shooting so many more threes when he played. He I think like he didn't shoot that many threes. You know, it just be different. You're as Bird would have I used cryotherapy to ice his beard. <laughs> I don't know if I exactly. saw anybody better than Bird in college. I saw him play in college several games. Saw Michael play, of course, against Arkansas. But um, he would hit guys in the head that were open because they weren't used. They weren't ready for his passes. Yes, yes. Oh, Grant, uh, it's great stuff. Great stuff. You think this uh, basketball team back to Arkansas when we close out? I mean, they're on a run. I trust road wins at Kentucky. I will trust that uh, over a close shave at South Carolina. But, heck, I'll take two road wins in four days, no matter who it is. I'm starting, yeah, to, that, I'm starting to believe that this run might actually mean something. That that was enormous last night. I mean, we were all kind of looking at, well, maybe they go 4-4 four and four or something and maybe win the first game of the tournament and get in. But they should be okay now if they take care of home. Uh, and really, the way they're playing, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to, to beat somebody else on the road. But it was just a... It was a lot of fun, you know, and it, you can see even uh, Eric, uh, he doesn't smile like that often after games. By the way, did you guys see when Scott Van Pelt was referencing uh, Anthony Dillard last, instead of Al Dillard, he called him Anthony. <laughs> did you catch that on Sports Center? Some guy was making a lot of deep shots, you know. <laughs> I did not, but I did notice yeah. Musk smiling at an official. And it wasn't like a sarcastic smile. There were some of those, the, but I actually saw like a real one. The other day, they hey, went up, one of them had Todd Day playing with Al Dillard, too. They were like, yeah, when Al Dillard and Todd Day, I was like, I don't <laughs> think they guys, those guys played together. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Phil, uh, I went to um, Mike Neighbors' luncheon yesterday. You know, the, the Arkansas women's basketball team. 
and the end of that last game was interesting on a lot of levels. Oh yeah, you know, obviously you would know all about it, but uh, what happened was he Mike felt that uh, their player set an illegal screen, you know, uh, so that that should have taken precedence over the Poppenberger fifth foul and all that. But, I mean, to win that game from where they were was kind of a miracle. I mean, when an 85% free throw shooter misses two, and then they get a five-second count, and I think probably the other official to call that was conscious that the other call hadn't been quite right, you know. Um, that was uh, th- like that a, was useful I for will Arkansas. S- I will say this. It, it did feel like a quick five seconds, but we'll take it. They did defend it well enough, but it felt like a quick five seconds. Yeah, Maybe Mike, he, he, it, it, he timed it at 5.1. <laughs> well, I'll trust Mike's stopwatch uh, for yeah. that for that quick moment. Grant, we'll, we're going to run. Appreciate you, man. All right. See you guys. You got it. Grant, Thanks, Grant Thanks Hall Grant. with us every Wednesday. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast. I think it's safe to say Arkansas broke Kentucky's will yesterday. And it's not often you can say that. And truthfully, I don't know many teams that Arkansas has done that to this season. Um, uh, again, Kentucky had a lot to play for yesterday, and they had an ener- they had an energy in that first half. The two steals that Anthony Black recorded near half court, where I think part Early of it, the second half, yeah. part of it, were they were bad, lazy passes. The other aspect is he knew exactly what he needed to do on those lazy, bad passes. And what was it? The second of those two dunks, nobody ran after him. The first dunk, they had to forget who it was, but they were someone was right there behind him, and he was still, you know, able to get to the to the rim pretty quickly. The second of the two steals, which happened like ten seconds later, next possession, yeah, next nobody anywhere court. near him. The blue shirts just stopped at mid court. Now that was way early in the second half, and I don't know I think if that, that put us up seven at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a timeout. Yeah, um, I don't know if Kentucky got within seven again for the rest of the game. I mean, you had a double digit lead. For almost the last ten minutes of that game, broke their will, broke their spirit. That was the thing. The first half, it was how was Kentucky? How are both teams going to respond? It was going to be a battle, and uh, Kentucky just they they look like they they look kind of soft, and and it's and and I think it's because the refs let them play. I mean, there was a couple times where AB would drive to the hole or whoever would drive to the hole, and they'd get hit, and they wouldn't call it. But it happened on our side, too. You'd see Jordan Walsh, and in other games, they're going to call that foul. I thought the refs let him play, and I think that's advantage Arkansas going forward. If the refs let us be athletes and play, because I think for the most part, Jordan Walsh is the best athlete. Bring that up, too, Phil. You were saying how you like Jordan Walsh coming off the bench. I love Jordan Walsh coming off the bench. He's the best athlete on the floor. So you're bringing the best athlete on the floor off the bench. I mean, how awesome. I mean, bringing in, so that's just extra muscle you're bringing into the game. Some of it's going to deal with, and must have, you know, addressed it post-game. 
you're not, I don't think the Mitchell twins will start against every team. Man, they were they yeah. If you got a big though, how what they're doing they're, when when you play Florida with Castleton, yeah. You know when you play uh, Mississippi State, Tolu Smith, they got a big like that. Yeah, probably have to. You, you probably get both of them on the court at the same time. They're, they're playing well. They're passing the ball well to each other. They're, they they read each other well, like their movements. They, and that's one thing that you that's kind of innate. And I, man, I hope they're both healthy. Whichever one's kind of hurt. One of them has the knee brace on. I hope they. Man, if they're both healthy, playing like this with our guards, and they're and if teams let us play, we can beat anybody in the country. Let's hope that some of these. You know, must is saying they're playing hurt injuries, and so I think it's more like nagging injuries. The kind of stuff everybody that, is. Yeah, I mean, by this time of the season, you're playing forty minutes a game, right? You're getting, you're going to be banged up. I just hope that they don't. You know, nagging injuries can go one way or the other. They can either you can either get you get used to it, uh, you know, and it just doesn't really get that much better, but it doesn't get very much worse. The thing, Phil, to your point, is the thing about tournament play is the games come quicker. So so right now, they get three, four, five days off between the games. But when you only get one day off, SEC tournament play might be back-to-back games. So, yeah, hopefully you can get healed up because that's 40 minutes. Then the next day, next day you're going to have to turn around and play 40 again because we saw who the lineup is. We see who the guys he's going to battle with. What was the term that Must said about uh, Devo doing that? It's prehabbing, right? You got to get in there. Get in tough, the ice tub. Tough to prehab. With like 12 hours before your next game sometimes. That ice tub. My favorite thing that as far as treatment that helps and the thing that I miss the most, not the not the cryo chamber, the, the chamber that you're talking about. I've never been in one of those. Uh, is the cold tub. I mean, that ice tub is the best thing in the world. I mean, you get in that cold tub, there's just something therapeutical about it. I mean, ask any player that's played that cold tub, and it takes. It took me a little older to 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 start getting into that. I, I want to say about my senior year of college. You know, when I started, like, and so that's why it's Devo's the one getting in the stuff. As a freshman, you just like we're going to eat McDonald's, we're going to play PlayStation, and we're going to go hand out L's. You know, and I'll like, stretch before the game. Yeah, right. We're all good. <laughs> Let's go. And so, but but they're learning. They're growing up. And uh, they're becoming professionals. They're they're maturing right in front of our man. It's so fun watching watching people get better at what they do, and and that's what we've been doing this year with this Arkansas basketball team. How long would you stay in that in that cold tub? Well, you can do it two different ways. So you want to get in there for at least seven minutes if you're just gonna just get in there. But after a minute and a half, I'm telling you, put some music in, turn it up loud. You don't feel it. It, it goes. You, you're numb and you get used to it. And then you realize how good it is for you and and what it is. But if you're gonna contrast, you go two minutes, one minute, two minutes, one minute, two minutes, one minute. You ever like tried that. the cryotherapy thing? No, I I think they started kind I mean, of. It's doing, a retail thing now in a I, lot of places. I think they they could put you into it and stuff. And and I I want to say I did it a couple times at Jacksonville. Uh, but it, it it was just weird. I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't tell a difference as much as I could the cold tub. I just have trouble doing something that has anything to do with. I can't get the idea of Ted Williams severed head um, outside of the whole cryotherapy thing. Because you, you remember this? Mm-mm. Like his son had his head frozen. Had Ted Williams' head frozen in cryotherapy. I don't know. The, I don't know exactly the reason why. I don't. I might have forgotten the reason why. I don't think I've done this cryo. No, I don't think that's exactly yeah. what you're supposed to do yeah. with the retail cryotherapy. It's yeah. probably just a whole body thing while you're still alive. Because I know plenty of people that work out and do it on a routine basis. So yeah, now you're, you'll be able to keep your head and your shoulders for things like that. Mm, yeah, but that would also would have been a great way for Larry Bird to ice his beers. That was funny. 
That was that's what Charles Barkley said. He's like, man, I ain't never been around so body that drinks so many Budweiser. I hung out with him one day and I had a headache and I couldn't do it again. Is it Larry Be- Larry Beer would, or Larry Bird would drink sixteen Budweiser like it was nothing? I think it's like a, it, there was another Boston athlete around the same time that was legendary for his ability to drink beer, like a Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was known for the fried chicken and the, and they at some point. You know the two of those guys got together because they played in that city at the same time. They would have gotten together. You should have. I mean, that's the kind of thing in today's day and age of social media. What? Who would not want to watch a beer drinking contest between two local sports icons? I just want to know who wore it better, Bob Belcher or Ned Flanders on that mustache when he had man like that. That Wade Boggs. That Larry Bird had a little baby stash. Well, he didn't have the Wade Boggs. But Wade I, Boggs covered over his, his, I, his upper lip. I loved his stash. That's if I, yeah, Wade, he was rocking it. He's killing it. Yeah, he had an interesting stash, that's for sure. Don Mattingly had one too, a little bit. Didn't he grow one a little bit like that? Or not Not the Wade I don't Boggs know if stuff. it was quite as bushy. He, he was more Yosemite Sam was with Wade Boggs, where, where they make you, they make you kind of uh, dress like the nines or whatever with the, in the Yankee land, right? They, they, yeah, they don't there. allow, I think there, 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 there had to have been a rule. Get that the Yankees stuff out of, of like here. no facial hair past the corners of your mouth. Yeah, certainly yeah. no earrings. They yeah. wouldn't allow that. They made Johnny Damon change from Boston when he went to Boston to New York. Yeah, he changed his whole look. That's yeah. exactly what he did. Bubba Carpenter, heck, Matt, like you've got more facial hair than anybody I know. You signed with the Yankees. You'd have to take that whole well, thing. Well, they off. wanted to pay me. <laughs> I'd, I'd we gladly we gladly wear the pinstripes. Shaving yeah. is worth a few million dollars. <laughs> we gladly figure that out. Yeah. I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, Bubba played in the Yankees organization, and I've seen seen his baseball cards. It's like, who is that fresh is faced guy? gentleman? And what what uh, what razor company I'd is love he, uh, to ask speaking him, in, for? I'd love to ask him questions about that Yankee organization and, and the differences uh, in in different because I was in Jacksonville and Cincinnati, but college just one place. But it's it's neat to see different teams and how they run it because everybody's a little different. Uh, the Yankees have a certain way of doing things, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's throwing money at problem at problems that money created. Other times they actually built pretty good organizations. Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith has Whip Shots. Whip Shots from Cardi B is vodka-infused whipped cream in flavors like vanilla, caramel, mocha, and peppermint. With 10% alcohol content, these whipped cream shots will make any night a celebration. And they're great on pumpkin pie. Stop by Eastside Liquor today and pick up a can of Whip Shots at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Hour number two of halftime. We've got an open segment here, uh, so get with us at 877-377-6963. Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation coming up in about 15 minutes. I appreciate Rob's text. Uh, sent us in, in a, and I didn't realize that there was a name for a giant bowl that Matt Jones eats out of. Mm. A Jethro Bowl. I love it. Which is named for Jethro from the Beverly Hillbillies. There you go. That's who, a, yeah. who ate out of a humongous bowl with every meal possible. I mean, so, I mean, I saw a couple of pictures on the Googs of uh, Jethro. I mean, literally, they need to, like, wrap his arms around it. It is like a cauldron that he's eating out of. Mine's not that big. I was wondering yeah, if you yeah. eat an entire box it's, of cereal at once. No, it's a normal-sized bowl to me. I'm just a giant. You know, if, if uh, it's it's proportionate is what I should say. You yeah. are a giant. Yeah. yeah. the truth. My bowl's proportionate to how much I, I eat. But we're getting tacos after the show. Today. I can't wait. Chan- that was the best Chan- idea I've heard. Chances are you eat four to my two. That was the best idea I've heard, though. Tacos, I'm in. 
you're ready for tacos at any moment. I am as well. I've Breakfast, been, I've been lunch, one, or dinner. Doesn't matter which one. I've been once in the last three weeks, Phil. So I'm you know I'm you know I'm a taco guy. So I hit you in the food fields, didn't you just I? got there, I was like, yes, win. Mm-hmm. Uh Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. What do you think about that, man? We haven't even talked about nobody brought up the football in the first hour. The football did not ever come up. I think I might have mentioned Tom Brady's name in the in our conversation of uh of Major yeah, sports records. Yeah. That was it. We got a big. We got an NFL. The big game. The NFL championship game is Sunday. I just still crack up how all the all these commercials have to refer to it in that term. They can't say Super Bowl. What? No, they have to. You have to pay for the right to use the term Super Bowl yeah. commercially. So that's why you'll see. You know, hey, you're getting ready for the big game. They're, it's like I look on the Bet Sarazen app. and and they have it listed as the NFL championship game. It does not say Super Bowl. They're just kind of, I mean, that just always makes they're me They're a laugh. monster. NFL is, I mean, they're an absolute monster. That is, uh, that is funny. I guess I can say Super Bowl on a, uh, can you say past Super Bowl? I don't know, man. That's uh, that's like having your own quarterback coach in come in to coach your, uh, with the other quarterback coach that the team has. You know, hey, we'll just bring my own coach in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Here, I mean, there it is. There, NFL championship game on the Bet Sarazen app. NFL championship props. The word super is not on uh, this uh, on this app at all. Neither is the word bowl. Maybe they could use the term Jethro Bowl to destri- describe this game. It is the biggest game of the it's year. It's the Mega Bowl, you know. <laughs> it's the biggest game of the year. Why not go in that direction? Yeah, why not go in that direction at all? I uh, the more I think about this game, the more I th- the more I'm leaning towards Philadelphia because I think a they're healthier. B they're going to get to Mahomes. I think they're going to get to Mahomes. I see four sacks of the game, at least, for Philadelphia in this game. And I think it's going to cause some problems for Mahomes to do what he does so well, which is create on the fly, get away from the rush. You know, And I think it'll be more difficult if he does get away from the rush to find somebody open because I just don't know if Philadelphia needs to blitz in order to get to him. Yeah, who's going to make the plays uh, for Kansas City? Um, I like Isaiah, and I, and I know I can't Pacheco if I'm saying his name uh, right or wrong, but I, I like his game. I think he's going to have to have a big game. I, I, I agree with you, Phil, in the sense that if Pat, Patty Mahomes gets hurt, I, I agree with you. I think I think uh, Phil will probably win. But if he's healthy and he's and he's okay and he's eighty percent, let's just say he's eighty. I think Kansas City is going to have enough. I I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a good game. I think the over under at fifty is way low. I think the winning team, whoever wins this game, is going to score thirty plus points. I mean, both there's just too much talent on the offensive side on both these teams. Two good quarterbacks. When's the last? Time? I mean, you don't you're not going to hold Pat, Patrick Mahomes to seventeen points very much. You know, it's just not going to happen. And then all the talent that Philly has, and then their defense is optimistic. Am I saying that right? Optimistic? No. Opportunistic. Opportunistic. Thank you, Christian. There there we go. Their defense is very opportunistic, and so they're going to make some. They're going to get some turnovers. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm really starting to lean on on, in the Philly direction here. Uh, I think that first of all, they played. I know Kansas City played in, in in a fairly tough division as well. But I think the NFC East, a lot tougher than people thought it was going to be. Three playoff teams out of that division. Philadelphia won that division in a walk. Uh, they hadn't played anybody in a month and a half, too. 
You, you think they that, did play the San Francisco defense? That's a good defense. That's, that's, they put up what over thirty against them. Well, yeah, they didn't have their. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. I think that's a totally different game uh, if 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 they have their quarterbacks. But yeah, they put up thirty against that San Fer, San Fran defense. But you, you look at their. They limped into the playoffs. Jay, Jalen Hurts was hurt. Um, and they, they just kind of, they didn't play their guys the last week of the season. They haven't played anybody is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that defense is there, but there was never a threat. There was never this like, oh, we got to grind. And so they've kind of had an easy last 65 days where Kansas City was in one score game. You know, like they, they've yeah. been in it. So I, I think, but it's the Super Bowl. You don't need any extra motivation for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and we, you know, we kind of create some of these narratives in some ways. But I, I understand what you're saying, too. It's like if you're used to playing in the tight ball games. And then you get into the fourth quarter and it's a score, you know, or you're tied. It's been a while since they felt that. They felt that pressure. That pressure and how you react to it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, to coast throughout a season is is a certain thing. I'm not saying Philadelphia coasted throughout the season, but like you said, they did kind of coast for the last couple of weeks, the regular season, and they certainly coasted through the playoffs. That's not to their detriment or their fault, though. The Giants were as bad as the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants beat uh, Minnesota, I believe, and, and that that would have been a different game, I think, if Minnesota would have played Philly. When you're fighting for your life uh, on a routine basis and you're just sort of used to it, uh, then, you know, maybe in that fourth quarter, you're kind of calling back to moments that just occurred. You know, or you're just your body reacts to it because you just dealt with the same situation for the last three or four weeks or because there's a two week waiting period in between. None of that matters anymore. Like, it's really difficult to carry momentum through two weeks. I mean, I think it's a. I always used to like it, actually, when the Super Bowl wasn't two weeks after the NFL, the uh, the, the conference championship games. I don't remember the last time that that was the case. It's probably been over 20 years. 80s or 90s, yeah. It's got to be over 20 years since the last time that the Super Bowl was played. I love the the week after the uh, conference championship. That they give them an extra week to get healthy. It's just kind of like what we were talking about with the Arkansas basketball team and and the guards playing 40 minutes a game. They're going to be a little banged up. It's a long season. Uh, it gives them a few extra days to, and and this is as best you're going to get. Uh, after, and especially playing, I don't see how they play on Sunday and play again on Thursday. That's just man, that's out of control to what they put their bodies through. And, and you want them to be healthy. You want them to be rested. Let I mean, let them scheme it up. Let let them let them both go out there. I, I love the fact they get an extra week before the Super Bowl. Red in Missouri makes that is a valid point. Betting on a quarterback with no Super Bowl experience is risky. And a head coach with no Super Bowl experience going up against one of the greats who's in his third. So that's legit. So, and my feel, I, I, this is the point. If you put Patrick Mahomes on Philly and you put Jalen Hurts on Kansas City, then you 100% would be going Philly. Is, is that what you're saying? Philly's the better team, it feels like. It's just Kansas City has the better quarterback. Yeah. What's the last championship game Hurts played in? Did he play in... Uh, Would Tua come in for him or something? Was well, that, but did he, I was going to ask if he played in a, at, in a championship game uh, in the Big 12 with at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. He might have played in the Big 12 championship I mean, game. He came off the bench and, and helped Alabama win the SEC title game the year after he was pulled for the national championship. Yeah. So, I mean, it's happened both ways. The kid's a competitor into a winner. I'd want him on my team. I'd want both these quarterbacks. You, you, if you had a chance to get either one of them on your team, you, you'd sign them both up right now. I mean, they're both young studs. They kind of do it in a little different ways where, I mean, obviously nobody's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's he's a generational talent. Uh, but Jalen Hurts is kind of a throwback. He's an old school player. It w- I wouldn't be surprised, and, and we'll get uh, we'll get the Bet Saracen guy on tomorrow, but 
Jalen Hurts over eight rushes or over five rushes, over 70 yards. Like, I, I feel like he's going to use his legs a lot more than he has. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for 100 yards rushing. Heck, I mean, some people thought he was going to turn into just like a, like a Lamar Jackson kind of a quarterback. And it's like, look, Mark can throw, but he's a runner first and foremost. They built that running game around him. I feel like Hurts has, <clears throat> has grown into more of a <clears throat> more of a passer. He, he is. He's more of a Donovan McNabb style. He can run when he has to, and, and I know that's a Philly guy, but he's not Michael Vick, where you're saying Lamar Jackson is more of that Michael Vick, can be electric. Hurts is really just a downhill runner, one shake, but get out of bounds, and, and he's not going to run away from you uh, like Vick or Lamar Jackson would. Speaking of McNabb, uh, who was it? Miles Sanders uh, brought this up. You know, Nick Sirianni called Philadelphia the greatest sports town in America the other day. I mean, what is the head coach of the Eagles supposed to say? Right. <clears throat> and it's a great sports town when you're winning. Miles Sanders pointed that out. He said more, it's like, yeah, they love you when you're doing well. And you remember McNabb, I mean, lost, was it four NFC well, championships? Yeah, or and he, at and least he, we lost three and lost a Super Bowl. And he's th- throwing up in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go in the game. Yeah, it's not a good look. And the entire city was questioning his ability to compete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Asked, asked. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what direction that relationship went after McNabb retired. Philly's not the best sports city in the in the country. We There's know. a difference yeah. between, and I, I mean, I think talking like claiming anybody is the best sports city of anything is is kind basketball of a team tough... hasn't won. Though when was the last time the basketball team won? Daryl Dawkins. I mean, get out of here. It's all about when a team can. It's all about what happens when a team. Wins. Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, they're, they're... you know what Philadelphia is? It's an intense sports town. They will go in either direction. They will go <laughs> when you're good. They're going to love you. They'll build a statue, and they'll be as rabid as anything, and they will show up. They can be the most passionate fan base. We can say that, yeah. When they're losing, when they're not doing well, you don't even want to leave your house. Sirianni said something also, too, that I can't agree with. He says, yeah, you want them throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Oh, we do? (laughs) Ask that Santa Claus if he liked it. That's actually a stupid thing to say. All right, let's hit the break so it's, we can get out of here. In it's a like uh, it's like going the first time into LSU, and uh, you're riding in on the bus, and uh, you're going through their tailgater. How are you going to the stadium, and uh, you see the you know the 38 year old Cajun or 47 year old, however old he is, with his little eight year old, whatever he's probably not his son. Who knows? But then he flips the <laughs> he flips the bird to the bus, and they high five, and you're like, I'm glad to see you teaching him teaching him right. That's right. Teach him exactly how to act for the remainder of their lives. That's, the right, that's exactly right. Yeah, ask Donovan McNabb if Philadelphia is the best sports city on earth. I don't know what he'll say. I honestly don't know what he'll say, but I would listen to the answer. Boston's won a lot. If you're talking about winning the last 15, 20 years, I mean, they've they've won a lot. All sports. Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation to join us on Halftime after this break. Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200 milligram tin packs, so stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast. Time to talk with Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation here on Halftime since it is Wednesday and this is uh, always the time we get to talk with Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa, what a game last night for Arkansas baseball. I see on your Twitter, you, um, you know, I think you're thinking just about how everybody else thinks about this. This is the best they've played this year. Great to see 40 full minutes. Great to see playing that well on the road. 
really makes you believe in, in you know, what you're seeing now. It's five consecutive conference wins because it's against a team in Kentucky that might not have looked very good at times last night, but I think they didn't look very good because Arkansas made it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to tweet that a little bit earlier in the second half, but I held off because I didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want to be that person, but I did look at Sawyer uh, when we were watching the game, and I was like, this is the best I've seen this team completely play for a full 40 minutes, and that stood true when that game was over. And there have been some debate about that uh, San Diego State game, but I think that this Arkansas team had it all clicking at once. And I think you're right, Phil. This was a Kentucky team that played on its heels the entire time while Arkansas was really in control. And when Kentucky would try to get back in, and Arkansas would be able to um, – to, to kind of hold them off. And that's something that we haven't seen from this team. And now that things are clicking for guys, especially offensively for Devo Davis in the last month, he's played such great defense. Now that offense is picking up. Anthony Black is playing like an NBA player. You have both Mitchell twins who I don't know what was said between the two of them, but whatever happened, for them to take it up a notch within the last month has been incredible to see. And those two guys playing well. We talked about it last week. Jordan Walsh at the end of games. You hit those three guys on the floor at the end of games, you're going to have success. And we saw that happen last night. Alyssa, you, you bring that up. And, and who who gets the game ball? You know, you could give it out to Anthony. Anthony Black definitely controlled the game on both sides. But the game ball goes to the Mitchell brothers on what they did on that defensive end. Sheway was a non-factor for all 31 minutes he was on the floor. I mean, it, what an impressive performance. And they really just listened to the scouting report. I mean, they just watched what Colin Castleton was able to do for Florida against Oscar Sheway, holding them to only four points, and took notes. And and when and it's great when you you know you got both of them on the floor or one subs out and the other one is in and so Oscar Sheway's not getting a break he mm-hmm. looks up and it's basically the same dude staring at him in the face and uh, for those guys to have the kind of performances they have I think they were saying on the broadcast at one point in the game twelve blocks in two games just for Mikel Mitchell alone incredible. They're giving off a good vibe right now, Alyssa. I mean, I think that was evident in, in these last 40 minutes of Kentucky and at times against South Carolina, too. And I wonder, you know, what would have happened if like, Carolina had completed that comeback uh, on Sunday, on uh, Saturday, um, if they would have been, you know, because right now it looks like a team that, that's playing for each other, that has some chemistry to it. Confidence. Uh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was on display yesterday. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I, uh, I don't, I don't mean this to come off the way that it might come off, you know, with the whole idea of Nick Smith Jr. or anything. I don't want anything to get in the way of the chemistry of what you see right now, you know. And yeah, right, because this is the way they've, this is the way that it looks like this team was meant to play right now. The way that they, yeah. the way that they've made up, it's difficult to recreate that, you know. Even if you add somebody yeah. that's really talented, like if he's healthy and everything, great. It's just, I don't know. I like the way they're playing right now. Right. What's the old adage? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, everyone wants to see Nick Smith Jr. play again. No one is rooting against him, right? But you're absolutely right. What, what do you do? Because uh, there's got to be a, a subtraction to that addition. And so where does that subtraction come from? Uh, and the way that they're playing right now, it's almost like we watch this team take a month to figure out where to pick up the pieces without Nick Smith Jr. Devo kind of stepping up and saying, you know what, I am a leader when people like me quite quite frankly question whether he could be that person or not. We've seen that from him. Anthony Black, we've seen that from him. So now that they figured it out, 
and now you add Nick Smith Jr. back into the mix, where does everything just kind of equal itself out? And can they sustain what they've been able to put together these last five games um, with him still with him still on the court? It's not that they won't find success, but is there going to be a little bit of a lull again while they try to figure out roles once he comes back? It'll be really interesting to see. I, you know, I don't know if he, if he comes back. I mean, you welcome him with open arms. I don't know that sure. he comes back is the thing. I mean, he... Musselman is not going to play him until he practices. I mean, I'd have to think that he he we he'd be at practice before he's going to play. Uh, but that being said, let's talk about the players that are playing. Yep. And Anthony yeah. Black, Debo Davis, Ricky Council, those are the guards that are going to take us where we need to go if we get some help from the the big men. Mm-hmm. I thought Ricky Council's twenty was a quiet twenty, yeah. just a very pretty yeah. easy twenty. Man, I was really impressed with how Ricky played. <laughs> oh yeah, Ricky is incredible, and he's kind of been. Uh, it's been nice to see him still have an impact even when the focus is on guys like Devo and Anthony Black. Can we also talk about the fact that Devo Davis is the only person on that team that has ever played in Rupp Arena ever? Wow. And they were able to leave with a win. You know, Kamani was there, but Kamani didn't play much. Um, and, And that's what was also impressive. It didn't phase those guys walking into that arena, into that environment. And, uh, they they acted like they've been there before, and they, and that was really cool to see. They, they but yeah, seem, you're right. Ricky Ricky played really really well. Alyssa, they seem like they were the hunter and not the hunted. Where it seems like they kind of mm-hmm. had that bullseye the 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 first part of the season where they were the ones getting hunted, and they just kind of flipped the script and and they were the hunters last night. They were, and and we'll see if they're able to keep that kind of chip on their shoulder because they had something to prove a month ago, and and now that they've won. Uh, five straight conference games, and uh, you know, obviously, you take that that game out with Baylor out, and that's a, that's a five game win streak. Um, can you now keep that edge with the last couple of games remaining down the stretch here? What is it? I think seven, seven, six, seven games left in in the non conference or in, in front conference play before the uh, tournament starts. Can you keep that edge and and chip on your shoulder because you've got some big teams coming up big here you got to play AM, you got to play tennessee you've got to play kentucky again at home you can't slip up against mississippi state we'll see how they do all right so on on the men's side you're seeing mikhail mitchell emerge mm-hmm. i mean this is not a one-off mm-hmm. game now he's emerged uh jordan yeah. walsh seems to have this the sixth man role. His which, rhythm's coming, yeah. Which I think he fits very well. Jalen Graham, I mean, was was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, Arkansas beat South Carolina. So he's kind of become, not someone you can count on, but, you know. He's there's that some, seventh man. There's he's, some, he's, he's sprinkling him in, yeah. What does the women's team need to happen to get on the same sort of run that we're seeing from the men's team? Because there needs to be... Mm-hmm. Uh, there needs to be like a little. I'm, sure. I'm questioning the depth a little bit on the women's side right now. Yeah, I you know uh, hosting Mike Neighbors uh, luncheon last yesterday afternoon and confidence was a big word um, that he continued to say. You know, you look at at Aaron and what Aaron's able to do, and she puts up 37 points and they're lost to Ole Miss. I mean, you can't ask more from Aaron than that. Um, but she's got to have you know people around her, and with Jersey and with Miriam. It's confidence and getting that confidence. And, you know, Emery Ellis is someone that he talks about, too, getting Emery more involved down there uh, to kind of help Aaron out. Because, um, you know, this is the point of the season where you don't want to tire people out. 
so can they get some confidence um, in players like Jersey and Miriam to to counter with with Aaron? And then it's just a consistency thing with with Sam and and Michaela and and, and Sailor and getting Sailor more involved offensively, even though she does a lot that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It's just building some consistency and some confidence with this team. But Mike Neighbors also pointed out yesterday, Phil, uh, and again, we're at a luncheon, so take it as you will, but this is a team that's, you know, he doesn't really want his team to quote-unquote peak right now because they have peaked at this time in years past and haven't had success in the postseason. Um, so, not saying you want to lose games, but at the same time, um, can the women make a surge because they're not making a surge now? It'll be, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can talk about this when the season is over, but it'll be interesting to see, okay, this was an Arkansas team that wasn't quite there yet in February, but was all the way there in March when it mattered. Yeah. I think if they're going to go, if they're going to go anywhere in March, I feel like, like there, there are, uh, there are similarities in, between Sailor Poffenbarger and Jordan Walsh. And the idea that they do they do a lot of things that might not show up on the box score just because of the just energy that they athlete. play and the body yeah. type and all of that. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, they'll disappear offensively, you know. And you know that mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent there to put the ball in the hole on both sides. Like, they both can shoot from the outside. It, it just doesn't happen can, every game. They both can get to the rack. It doesn't happen every game. Can, More consistent scoring from either one of the men would go a long way. Can yeah. I ask you this? Does yeah. Poffenbarger, does she get to handle the ball a lot, or does she have to have the ball come to her? She mm-hmm. will bring it up sometimes. She's, she's a good ball handler. Yeah. Sometimes. She's not the yeah. primary ball handler on the you. team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so, you know, you look at Arkansas, and, and Mike Neighbor said this yesterday, you know, you – you kind of have to go back and forth when you look at um, the way that they've put this team together in the rebound and the turnover margin. You got to be able to win one of those. And they sacrificed a little bit of the ball handling to get some size so that they can get some rebounds. But then, you know, you're winning the rebounds, but you can't lose the turnover battle. So it's a little bit of both. He's looking for his size, like I said, with Jersey and Miriam to have some confidence. But your ball handler is like Michaela Daniels and. Um, uh, Samaria Spencer, uh, they, they just need to be able to take care of the ball. And a couple more minutes here with Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. Shannon texted us reminding us softball season starts this weekend. Yes. They're like a couple days away. Yes. Five games in Vegas. Don't peak <laughs> in February for softball, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But you want to see this number six team in the country uh, get off to a great start. Super excited about this team. So much talent. You have Shanice Dells back in the circle, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch her. We, uh, we're putting together a 30-minute softball preseason special uh, that we're going to air tomorrow at 6.30, and that's a quick Picture Nation plug. But it's the first time we've ever done a preseason uh, special for softball, but they deserve it. This is a team that is on the rise, getting a lot of national recognition. They are back-to-back SEC champions, and they're one game away from going to the Women's College World Series a year ago. And I believe Courtney Dipel is seven wins away from the program record of uh, of all-time wins. And so uh, sit back and, and relax and get ready to watch this Arkansas softball team because they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Courtney's easy to root for, too. She really is. Exactly, uh, yes. I had to ask um, a relationship question with Valentine's Day coming up here. And you're... Uh-huh. You're married with two kids, uh, so yeah. I'm assuming. I, w- I asked a question about uh, how long do you leave 
clean clothes in the dryer and just pull a shirt <laughs> each day, pair pants and all that kind of stuff. But with as many people uh, as uh, clothes are getting washed inside your house, do you are, are you just pulling clean clothing out of a out of a clean hamper? Because it's pretty difficult to just fold and put away unless you actually yeah. like plan for that time. Yeah. You know, so I have kind of made it a routine with uh, my son and my daughter's clothes that during the mornings when they're at school and Saul's already at work, I'll turn on a Dateline podcast or some murder mystery podcast and I'll listen to it while I put their nice. clothes away. So I have a routine. However, my clothes could sit in the dryer for a week until Saul finally said, I think he did it this week. He was like, Alyssa, these are your clothes. And he put them in a basket and he just set them on the floor. What, he can't fold them for sure. you? This is 2023, Saul. It's easy to fold clothes. <laughs> They're still on the floor, I think. <laughs> I, I put everyone else's clothes in the head of my clothes. Saul is one of the ones where it's like washer, dryer, are in the in the closet. Like, boom, boom, boom. It's it's he's got it down to a science, but he won't he won't touch my clothes. So. Alyssa, that's that's interesting. So I'll do forensic <laughs> files whenever I got some stuff going on. Like so so the way there you go. Whenever, you're, whenever you're washing your delicates, man. Well, doing my suit, but it's like a <laughs> there's a there's like something soothing in the voice. Yes, the waiter. To yes, explain, I'm just yeah. sitting here listening listening to uh, Investigation Discovery Channel while I clean the house. Right? Yeah. Oh man, I could just picture you. Uh, you see. This whole radio thing, eventually, you're going to be one of the narrators on one of these Forensic Files <laughs> podcasts. You have that kind of voice. You just don't realize yeah. it yet. You Alyssa, Alyssa we'll, we'll leave it there. I appreciate you. It's always fun talking with you. Have a great rest of the week. I know we'll get together soon yeah. and talk some baseball, okay? Absolutely. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a good one. Head to Twin Peaks and Rogers, your sports headquarters, where the 29-degree draft beer is flowing, the kitchen is bursting with made-from-scratch fan favorites, and the game is blasting from every angle. Stop in for the ultimate game day experience, or visit them online at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com to order to-go or delivery and enjoy your Twin Peaks scratch favorites from home. More TVs, bigger screens, plus their scenic views. There's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast. All right, we're uh, we're on the downslope towards the weekend now, right? There, more than halfway through the show on a Wednesday, so you can see Saturday approaching here. Uh, open lines, 877-377-6963. We've got a couple of callers on hold here. Brent is with us first. Good afternoon, Brent. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Long time, no talk. I know. It's been a while. Mr. Voice, what's new? Oh, uh, everything's... Hey, Phil, I got two... I got a question and a comment. All right, well, I've I'm got it. Hopefully, I've got an answer and then maybe a comment. I'm going to... Uh, me, as, uh, some friends and, and I are going to Dallas to the uh, to the Rangers to Global Life Park mm-hmm. to that to the tournament uh, February seventeenth. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Are you going to be doing women's basketball? I will be with the women's basketball team. Uh, we'll travel next Saturday to Athens and then play the Bulldogs uh, at uh, Stegman Coliseum that Sunday when the baseball team wraps up the weekend in Arlington. So I'll miss those three games. Is Bubba going to be there? Bubba's doing those games with Brett Dolan. Yes, he will be there. Oh, 
Okay, great. I'll get to because we're staying right there at uh, the Lowe's Hotel at Texas Live. I believe that's where the Texas yeah, that's right next stay. door to the stadium. Right, that's where we stay when we go to the Cowboys games. It's awesome. Just walk walk across the parking lot. Is that an? I'm, I've never been inside the Texas Live thing because I mean it's like there's L.A. There's all these live uh, complexes across the country. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm just not a go out kind of a person most of the time, but is, you're staying there. So I'm assuming that, uh, you're drinking in the atmosphere and maybe some other stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Dr- and drinking in the atmosphere. And there's just a lot of, I'm not a bit, I'm not a big, uh, 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 enjoyer of, uh, alcoholic products, but I'm not opposed to anybody that does. You so. can still enjoy atmosphere. Oh yeah. I enjoy atmosphere. You got all kinds of different. Uh, eight, uh, you know, you can get barbecue, Mexican food, any type food you want. And there's any type restaurant on demand in that t- in that line. And place, you, have you know, to drive there after the game too because it's right next door. No, you don't have to. You don't have to drive. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, yesterday, last night, the Hogs against Kentucky. Uh, the Hogs put a beat down on Kentucky that soap and water wouldn't wash off. Kentucky is done. John Calipari is done. They have no, they. I don't. You you saw the game, right? That was fun. I don't know if they're done. I mean, they were playing. They were playing well. They were playing well, even in the first half. They couldn't stop Arkansas from scoring, but they could score too. I don't know if Kentucky's done, um, but uh, they certainly were slowed down by the Hogs last night. Well, how I come up with that? Just look at Kentucky's bench. Yet last night you had. Some guys with their hoods up over their head. Some guys with their hoods down. Looked like they were looked like they were very disinterested. One of those in kids who was it was it Wheeler? He looked like he was freezing, like he was shivering inside that zip up that he had all the way up to his neck. If I was as bad a player as Xavier Wheeler, I'd be freezing too. I don't know how bad he is. He what was is bad he? Like fifth, Georgia? fifth all time in assists in the SEC. He's. St- I don't know how he made it that high, but he's still not very good. Well, he's there. Well, you got your question. I mean, you got your question, Brent. What's your comment? We got a couple other callers here. Oh, I just wanted to comment about what a great game the Hogs played last night. It was. And, uh, it was a great way to go to sleep, right? right? Go to sleep with a big, fat smile on your face after a win like that. Oh, yeah. No question. All right. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Brent. Appreciate you. 877-377-6963. I was wondering where Eduardo's been. I hadn't gotten a text from Eduardo in a while, and here he is. Eduardo, you got a win over a hated rival last night. You know, baseball's got a chance to get a win over a hated rival in Texas next Friday. Which one means more to you? I gotta go, you know, right now with a hot, with a hot team, and I'm gonna go with a win last night in Rough Arena. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I grew up with a big rivalry with Arkansas, Texas. By the way, I think we're gonna beat the Longhorns because year in and year out, we know the baseball hot train. They come to play, and they're hard to beat. And uh, we haven't won it all yet, but I'm waiting patiently. And we compete year in and year out against the Bears. But you get to this game last night. Yes. When you talk about the recipe they brought to Rupp Arena, what was recipe number one? Attack the paint. What was it? 48 points in the paint. Give me more. And let me say this. Recipe number two, knock down your free throws. And I mean... They, they were knocking them down. And recipe number three, let's don't forget, 
tenacious defense. And when you can play those three ingredients, woo, I'll give a big woo on that. And when we left up arena last night, some trains, let me tell you about the whole basketball train. Some trains, they take you to San Antonio. Some trains, they take you to the deserts of Arizona. Some trains, take you to the Great Rockies. And I think the hunt, whoa, the bus train is headed to the big dance. Sounds and like, we're doing a, a, a little road. Eduardo, it sounds like you've got a train going to the moon right now, man. I think the biggest, the best recipe, recipe, not recipe, ingredient. Ingredients create recipes. The top ingredient yesterday was how Arkansas bodied up Oscar Sheboy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Physical. It was almost like you went into that game. Remember, Chuck was like, he's going to get his 10 rebounds, right? He's going to get something. He didn't get anything close to what he's used to getting. He was not. It was like, don't let the other guys beat you. This guy's going to have a great game. He didn't even. He, he, was, he disappeared. He didn't look like a top 10 pick to me. I don't know what draft board has him as a top 10. I don't he, either. Yeah, he did not look like a top 10 pick to me. Not at all. Yeah, it was tasty hog delight last night, Eduardo, for certain. And thank you for listening to our show. We got uh, Cecil with us next. 877-377-6963. Cecil, how you doing? What's up, fellas? Just a happy day to be hey, talking hey. back sports as long as you've got an umbrella. Yeah, you know, I keep it on 95.3 all day, all year long. Smart man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to make a few comments. I know the one that really made me call in was, guy before my boy just got off. I feel like every time I call over the years, I, I'm always right behind him or before him. Right behind me. That's crazy. <laughs> you got to plan your calls but, better. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I was watching the game with the S. You know, I had to watch LeBron and, and Jalen. Jalen played a great game. And then Isaiah popped in there as soon as he got in. He knocked the trade down. They got a really good team. They really quiet and fast. $35 million on the salary cap. They could have a super team right now. Because all these guys right now, they're paying them the minimum. They break. Oh, this guy on the team is like 25 or 26. Yeah, building for the and future. Course, yeah, and of course, I was watching my Razorbacks. I got I had got fused a few years ago, so I was watching them back and And um, Arkansas... The guy said, what really made me call was the guy said um, that Kentucky was done. And I'm like, no, I'm going Kentucky because I'm. Cecil, you got a problem with your connection, either that or or you're covering up your microphone with your face. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you sound a little bit better. Okay, yeah, I said um, I, I, want the, I want Kentucky not to be done because I have tickets for the uh, March the 4th game and I'm sitting right behind the team. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, They're, not hey, They're not done. They're not done. not done. Dad, if you ever in Fort Smith, I need you to stop in my shop. Jazz Go Graphics on Midland. And okay. I have the ball. Corey is one of my best. And he gave me the Razorback ball when they beat Duke. And all the players got one. And he gave me that ball. Heck, yeah. Now, I got a lot of autographs on it, though. But I definitely want you on there. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Man, don't forget, Matt. You know I love you, man. You are, you is I, box office still. I love you back. Cecil, appreciate okay, man, you, man. Have a blessed yeah, day. you too. Yeah, have a great day, and we'll look forward to your uh, next phone call here on Halftime. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal Protection Plan. 
Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and pick up a bottle of the delicious 291 Colorado Bourbon and Rye. Also available, high noon tailgate packs are in stock, so swing by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith for all your game day needs at Eastside Liquor. Now, back to the podcast. Time to talk with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio, the king of college football talk, and usually joins us right about this time every Wednesday. Bill, how you doing today, man? What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. We've uh, been, everybody's fired up here about Arkansas beating Kentucky last night. I don't know if you had your eyes on that game very much, but they, they punked him in the second half. Looked really, really good. I don't think Kentucky's dead at all. I just think Arkansas ran right past him. You know, at the end of the season, though, they get at Alabama and at Tennessee, and it certainly uh, appears those are the two best teams in the league. Um, but, uh, Arkansas was just the better team over Kentucky yesterday, and I think Kentucky's played well of late. Yeah, and SEC played. They, they had been playing good ball, uh, and they did have a night. It kind of turned it around a little bit when they went to Tennessee and, and won, and they're still, by their standards, really limited when it when it comes to scores. They have Shigway, obviously, and then somebody in the perimeter might get hot. Shamir Wheeler has been a problem for them most of the year. He's played well at times, but he's been more of a problem. He can't shoot a lick. So it's it's been a tough year. But, no, I'm not surprised Arkansas went in there and won that game. Arkansas is better than Kentucky. Do you th- do you, can you see any way Kentucky gets any kind of a role going? Because, I mean, there's some talent there. Like you said, they've been playing well, too. They're not a, a consistent Kentucky team, though. But do you think that no. – I mean, look, they looked good last year. They went one and out against St. Peter's. I'm not – this this team isn't as good as last year's team, but you never know when it comes to March. That's what's weird about that tournament. Yeah, they just don't score comfortably enough, though. Casey Wallace is a really good freshman who uh, it has a, a bright future. The Livingston kids probably not ready consistently. They don't really have a post presence other than Shigway. Collins can be good, but he's inconsistent. It's, it's been it's. By their standing, they got a heck of a recruiting class. Sorry about that, whatever that is back there. Sorry about that noise, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Kentucky fans here, and we're in Middle Tennessee, maybe an hour from the border, and there's a lot of people not real high on Cal. Tell me what their feeling is, though, about Tennessee and and regular season Rick, as, as they like to call him at times. Because I mean, it's another one of those years where they're gonna they're playing well enough, uh, you know, probably end up with a with a pretty good seed no matter what. What's the feeling in Tennessee? I mean, that's a fan base that's used to winning national titles and getting to the Final Four for the women's team. But what about what about on the men's side? Is there pressure on Rick Barnes to take that team actually to a Final Four? No, not at all. I mean, they'd love to have it, but. And, and basketball is popular here, but but nothing obviously like football. And now that baseball's good at Tennessee for the first time in a while, that's got everybody excited. A week from this Friday coming up, but obviously they're going to get to the tournament. They're going to have a high seed, and they'll probably flame out early. Offensively, it sounds like I'm talking a little bit about Kentucky. 
they they can get into horrific droughts, and they really don't have as good as they play defensively. You saw that Auburn game, low, low scoring game. They really don't have that one go to guy. If you have to have a bucket, guys, I just hop on my back. I'm going to take you home. I don't know that that guy is identified for them. I do want to ask you about this Super Bowl coming up, and uh, do you? Th- I'm I'm not saying I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan because I am, and I think he's gotten better. I don't know if he's ready, if he's going to be able to have that moment. Uh, I, I do think he has a good team around him, uh, but I, right. I, I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing. I think Kansas City wins this game and wins it comfortably. I remember his last year at Alabama before he transferred to Oklahoma. There was a spring game, and not that I place any emphasis on the spring game. Well, he couldn't complete a pass. It was awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was you, it could have been you know, running routes on grass against nobody. And now look at what has happened. It's it's an amazing story. Is he ready for prime time against a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback? That's that's your question, I think. And boy, now they have I think top to bottom they have the better team. And again, I don't watch a whole lot of NFL, but top to bottom I think they have the better personnel. But boy, he pulls this one off and, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but you have a constant battle between Oklahoma and Alabama fans on social media. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, what do you think? Because both want to claim him. I don't see anything wrong with both with both programs and fan bases claiming him. Honestly, yeah, it is funny. And if, if they win, that's going to be that, that battle is going to get heated up, right? If, if he's the Super Bowl champion replaced by Tua in a national championship game at halftime. That's a heck of a story. It's like it's that question, Matt, that every professional athlete that's going to go into a Hall of Fame that's played for multiple franchises is asked, what hat do you want on? And they don't get to answer that, by the way. It's like the folks in Cooperstown right. are the ones that decide really? what hat you're wearing yeah. on that. But that's what they'll get asked. Nobody worries about that with college with, in college sports very much until like the last few years because this is one of the few times where you get a guy who's had success with two programs, he didn't just like leave Alabama because he wasn't getting play because he didn't play any there. You know, he wasn't going to play that last year, obviously, but he'd had some success at Alabama. Heck, he helped them win an SEC championship just coming off the bench. So this is a little unique. It's very unique, and uh, I do know this though, guys. More importantly, I've got brisket and ribs ready for Super Bowl Sunday. So that's, that's what I care about. Do you ever smoke wings, Bill? You're a you're a you're a, you're a cow meat kind of a guy. Cow and pork. Do you ever smoke wings? I have. It's just you know what? As popular as they are, and I've got five boys and two girls, they don't really clamor for it. I mean, if I have it, they'll eat it. But it's always about the brisket and the ribs for them. I'll, I'll always supersedes wings. I'm, I'm with you, Bill. I'm not a big wing guy as well. I, I saw this stat, and, and I just want to get your thoughts on this, that for over the last 20-plus years, LSU and Georgia have both had a, had, had a team, had a player represent their team in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. So wow. out of the last 20 years, which, which fan base, which Georgia or LSU has had more success in college football? If you had to grade Georgia, LSU, who would be one and who would be two? Well, if it's just pure numbers – 
you just saying success just playing Yeah, just period. saying the last 20 years because they both won national titles. I mean, LSU's won two or three. Georgia's won two. Uh, you know, what? What? what they, they both had a lot, a lot of success, but Georgia had those 10 years with Mark Rick where they kind of Ricky Barnes did up there. They just didn't. They were just kind of regular season, but no, no real fight to them and had a lot of talent. But couldn't win it, and then LSU, you know, up and down a lot. Just, just I, I just didn't know who you thought was had the better run. Well, LSU before Brian Kelly, their four coaches, Les Miles, Saban before him, obviously Coach O, uh, all of them. I, I should say what three, three, three head coaches, all won national championships. Mm-hmm. Oh three, oh seven, and in nineteen. That's a hard one to debate because Georgia going back to back is historic. Yeah. That, that's 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 basically impossible to do. It's happened, but it's rare, and they're going to be favored to three feet. So, boy, that's like again, guys. Let's let's go back. Hope it don't make people mad. That's like beauty contest, and it's Miss Brazil and Miss Sweden. Uh, they're one A and one B. Yeah, it's it's yeah, you what, flip, what do you flip say? a coin. Yeah, that's that's they're kind of they're both in that top tier blue chip top of the pyramid. Right. Georgia and LSU both. They all end up yeah. fighting over who gets A and who gets B, even if they have the one next. To them. Right, they're just going to compete about that right. anyway. So the the big record broken yesterday by LeBron, um, and I, I was kind of wondering like some of the unbreakable records in sports, college football. Ron Dane's career rushing record is never going to be touched. True or false? What's the number? I don't Seven, even know is it over 7,000? 7,125 7, yeah. yards. Dorsett is next at 6,526. But, I mean, Dane played for, was it three or four years? Nobody's, no running back's going to play four years. That's the years. thing. No yeah. one's going to play four years, and nobody runs the ball quite that much. So I feel like Dane's well, record might be untouchable. You'd have to have a huge freshman year to start with. And then you couldn't have a slump after that. And most running backs will ha- hit a slump somewhere in there after a really big year. And maybe it's it's an injury. Well, maybe and, it's a year where he's banged up or something. And and Bill, yeah, two thousand, two thousand. But Bill, I, I think just the 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 way the games change, where if you could add the all purpose, if you could add the receiving yards with the with the running back, then maybe they could get there because they're asked to catch the ball. Bill, even when I played, we had running backs that you didn't throw the ball to out of the backfield. But nowadays, you Matthew, have to. You have to be able to catch. You almost ball. ran for that many yards yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Dana. Had Best two, I remember. Dana had two seasons of two thousand yards. It's like you're saying his freshman year, mm-hmm. his senior year. But that's a uh, that's the idea. One that any freshman is going to come in ready to run for two thousand yards. It's, it's Adrian and, Peterson, maybe the last one I could think of. And yeah. two that the same guy is still playing four years later. Like no way. Yeah, it's that that would. Because you got to turn pro. You that position is certainly finite with the number of bullets you have in your holster. You got to turn pro. So no way, no way. Uh, let's see here. Uh, coordinators: Alabama, Tommy Rees, Kevin Steele. Boy, the Kevin Steele story. You want to talk about like an interesting narrative here? Defensive coordinator wants to be head coach at Auburn. He and the boosters blow things up there. Three years later, he's the defensive coordinator at Alabama again. This is a uh, it's kind of funny if you didn't if it wasn't true. Well, yeah, third time, yeah, third time at Alabama. I've known Kevin since he was a DB coach at Tennessee in like 1988. He's he was a walk on there actually, and he'd been a lot of places. Remember, he's the head coach at Baylor, and that did not work out well. He's been at LSU. He's been 
at Florida State, Tennessee. Remember, uh, not long ago, he sat up there at Tennessee for about two weeks because they told him he'd be on the staff, and they paid him 900 k to be there about three weeks, and then they came in and cleaned house. Remember that? That wasn't long ago. I forgot Just about Just a couple it. of years ago. Easiest money yeah. ever made. Seriously. I mean, he's a good dude. You know how Saban, Scott, and a lot of coaches have this one-voice rule and you can't talk to the media. When Last time when Kevin Steele was here, he called me every day. We talked every day. It was so funny. Would uh, Nick have known that he was doing that at that moment? No, and and I put that out on the radio because I didn't know he'd ever get called again. So probably <laughs> that's going to get back. <laughs> It'll get back to him, but I don't think he'll. Uh, I don't think he's going to lose his uh, lose his gig over no. that. No, not at all. Yeah. All right, Bill. We always appreciate you hopping. Thank on you guys. Go. Good luck with the uh, with the grilling on Sunday. Okay. I will. Yeah, I will. You got Thank it. you, Bill King, Nashville Sports Radio. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.